0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Here they come on third and five, Wilson, well somehow escapes, he's going to run for it, plenty of green grass, Wilson stays in bounds, he's still going, and he's in, touchdown, Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it, Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Two minutes, Barry, that was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye, and hello, Enzo! Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall, looking for history! Hall, with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown, into the NCAA record books!
1: Listen. Thank you.
0: From the PlayLikeAJet.com digital studio, this is Play Like A Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to discuss the top five storylines heading into NFL training camp for the New York Jets. And to do that, we bring in our friend, who's the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother?
1: What's going on, man? It's uh, you know, the summer is—I don't want to say winding down, but uh, camps are about to, to start up, and you know, before you know it, they'll be out there.
0: Rookies have reported And I guess we should start there Before we get into the storylines Brees Hall becomes the final Jets rookie to sign He gets in with the rookies They got it in just in the nick of time. Nick, this is one of those things where everything is slotted, right? So there couldn't have been too much in terms of wiggle room, but I'm glad to see that they finally got this done. We don't have to worry about a situation like 2018 with Sam Darnold, 2019 with Quentin Williams, or even 2021 with Zach Wilson. They've got all their guys signed, sealed, and delivered and ready to go.
1: Yeah, and it seems like this year these deals happened quicker than I ever remember, right? It was like, I think every every first round pick was signed within like a month, like nothing's held out. Like, I don't think there's any, any contracts that are kind of still, you know, hovering around there. So I I felt I could be wrong and it could just be a, a victim of what felt like a really long off season, but I feel like it was a lot quicker this year.
0: I agree. But I think part of it might be because we're looking at it through jets, fan glasses And all the Jets players really signed without any fanfare The only one that was left to the end was Brees Hall And even that one, there wasn't like all kinds of noise about a holdout Part of it is probably because he was a second-round pick As opposed to if, say, Sauce or Garrett Wilson or even Jermaine Johnson had done this But they got it done before camp He's not going to miss any time None of these guys will That's a refreshing change Because, like I said, three of the previous four seasons The Jets had major issues with one of their top draft picks
1: yeah, and I know. Um, I think uh, Ruckert was placed on the non-football injury list, and um, you know he had the he had the foot injury at the Senior Bowl, and was pretty limited throughout uh, the spring and you know all all the camps. So not surprised to see that. I, I think he's he should be good to go. Um, you know, in a couple weeks here, but you know to start, they're they're not rushing him back.
0: So, Nick, let's dive into the top five storylines to watch heading into training camp. And obviously, this will spill over into the regular season. And the first one I wanted to talk about is... How the new free agents will come in and impact what the Jets do here in 2022. You take a look at the two tight ends that they brought in, Tyler Conklin and C.J. Ozama. They add a brand new element to that offense that we haven't seen in several years. People will go back to Dustin Keller, but even Dustin Keller was erratic. He was hurt quite a bit. The Jets now have two capable tight ends. Neither one of them is going to be making a Pro Bowl most likely, but they're both solid and it gives Zach Wilson actual options at that spot. You take a look on the offensive line and Lakin Tomlinson comes in, very familiar with the system from the San Francisco 49ers. Pro Bowl guard, a leader, so we'll see how he impacts everything. And then on the defensive side of the ball, some new faces as well over there, including DJ Reed, big upgrade, at cornerback coming in from Seattle. Jordan Whitehead is brought in from Tampa to really help upgrade that safety group. Jacob Martin gives the Jets some options in case Carl Lawson gets hurt again, knock on wood, let's Hope he doesn't, but now at least they have some insurance Solomon Thomas comes in We know that he's familiar with the 49ers system From his time playing there under Robert Sala So a lot of new faces here in free agency And how they perform and contribute early on Is going to be very important In terms of what the Jets are able to do in 2022
1: Yeah, and and, and the secondary is probably the, the most improved area on the team obviously mm-hmm. You know, with the Whitehead edition, DJ Reed, and then you know we'll get into the rookies later. But I think Jordan Whitehead is going to make a huge difference from the revolving door we saw at safety last year. With you know, legitimately bringing in guys who you've never heard of, like Kai, I don't even know how to say his last name, Kai Walker, or whatever his name is, you know, Elijah Riley. You had guys who. You would have thought there were created players on like the Madden video game if you you know aren't like completely obsessed with football. Um, So I think with Whitehead and then hopefully getting Joyner you know back, um, I think that position will be vastly improved. Um, Obviously with May last year missed a bunch of games and his play declined and he won't be here this year. Um, So I'm I'm excited to watch the the secondary improve and, and see how Lake and Tomlinson can. You know, come in take over at left guard with uh, Elijah Brad Tucker moving over to right guard. So you might have a completely new left and right side of the line, you know, if Becton, which we all expect, is gonna play right tackle. Um really curious to see the, the leadership and, and most importantly a little bit of some of a mean streak with the Lakin Tomlinson this year is what the Jets really, you know, missed last year.
0: Play
1: like a jet. Play
0: like a jet. Storyline number two to watch out for heading into training camp and then spilling over into the regular season and you touched on it a little bit before Nick when you talked about the secondary the rookies and how they perform because rookies typically take some time to get acclimated they don't always make an instant impact but the Jets have four guys who are most likely going to start day one sauce Gardner at cornerback Garrett Wilson at wide receiver, Jermaine Johnson at edge, and Brees Hall at running back, who we talked about before because he just signed just under the wire to get in right before the rookies reported. Nick, this is very important. These guys all have to contribute. They don't all have to be stars day one, but they have to at least be respectable. And if they are, then the Jets could be a really interesting team to watch this year. If nothing else, a lot more fun than they've been in the past.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If, if Sauce is who, you know, and it's hard to find four slam dunks, like for the most part, one of them is probably going to underachieve, unfortunately. Um, one of them probably will be solid, and then you'll get two really good players. Just just the math. Like it's hard to have. You know, so you have one of those all-world drafts, which even though a lot of people say the Jets did this year, um, realistically, Sauce, I think we're all comfortable with saying we expect him to be what everybody says he is, you know, how high I I am on Garrett Wilson. Um, And I think Brees Hall will be who we all think he is. I think he's just for that guy to not be a solid NFL player. Something's going to have to go wrong. So that leaves Jermaine Johnson. Like, is he going to be a five sack guy? Is he going to be an eight sack guy? Is he going to be a guy who comes in and just, you know, takes some time to get into the rotation? Who knows? You know, I think that's the wild card in all of this. Um, but, you know, those are four players at, at four positions. Like you mentioned, they're, they're most likely going to get starter reps, all four of them, um, and be able to, to kind of from week one make an impact. So it's, it's, it's a really young team. I think – I don't think – I shouldn't say we forget that because I think we're all well aware of that. It's a lot of year one, you know, rookies and year two guys. Um, so, you know, you're even looking at some younger – you know, year two guys this year to, to, to continue to develop. But the rookies, um, they're gonna have a chance early and often to play for this team and make an impact.
0: Nick, you talked about Jermaine Johnson And like you said, that's a real wild card You don't know exactly what he's going to give you right off the bat You take a look at Hugh Douglas We were discussing him before he was a rookie in 1995 One defensive rookie of the year Was dynamic, had 10 sacks Including 3 in one single game Against the Jaguars Sean Ellis and John Abraham were really good right off the bat Obviously Vernon Golston Wasn't able to do much (laughs) It could be anywhere in that range You just have no idea what he's going to give you Right off the bat It could take him some time to get acclimated he could be a three four five sack guy year number one he could struggle at points or he could come out of the gate firing and really make an impact right away we're gonna find out soon enough hopefully he's not in the golston category that's what everybody would like to avoid i think (laughs) yeah i think i think you'll probably
1: know early on too because if he's getting reps with like the second and third team because they have some depth of that position which I mean, I don't think we're going to see too too much of Carl Lawson, which we'll get into in a bit. You know, just because of his health wise, mm-hmm. I think they'll probably try and save all the bullets they have there uh, for when it matters. But you know, you, you hope to see Jermaine Johnson running with the starters, or you know, in specific packages. You know, he he gets the chance early and in, in the preseason um, to to make you know to make an impact this year. Um, so hopefully it's not a situation where he's slow out of the gate, you know, maybe not picking up the defense or, um, you know, struggling whether it is just the next level of the speed of the game or whatever it may be. Um, so he is, he's absolutely the wild card in all of this, you know, cause I think, I think if you take the four of them and put, put them in like a tiered list. I think everybody's very confident that sauce and Brees Hall are going to make an impact kind of right away. Not going to, not saying that they're going to be pro bowlers, but you know, they're going to have an impact on the season. Then I think you say Garrett Wilson would come in probably third just because there is Corey Davis and Elijah Moore who the jets are going to, you know, quote be starters, you know, you're one and two. Um, And then Wilson will kind of fit in there with Braxton Berrios, obviously getting reps. Um, and then it's Johnson. You just don't, you don't know. And he uh, honestly could be not, not don't want to put the whole season on him, but it could be one of the key players this year. If he's a guy who's an impact on the edge, this defense could come together. And if he struggles and doesn't really make an impact and the jets don't have that guy opposite Lawson or God forbid Lawson doesn't come back healthy and the edge just, you know, you just don't have any impact edge players. The defense as a whole could struggle so you know not to put too much pressure on jermaine johnson even though we kind of are he's he's gonna be a wild card all season
0: storyline number three the performance of the players coming back from injuries now immediately your mind goes to carl lawson who you talked about before and makai beckton i don't think we're gonna see a ton of them in the preseason for obvious reasons those guys were out an entire year And they're both bigger guys and they both have history of injuries now and you want to make sure that you keep them preserved for the regular season. But still, that is a storyline that will spill into the regular season. But it's not just them. Corey Davis is coming back off an injury. George Fant is coming back off an injury. Connor McGovern is coming back off an injury. There's quite a few of these guys. In fact, everybody forgets about Lamarcus Joyner, but he missed the entire year last year and mm-hmm. he comes back now. So that's very important to keep your eye on. The Jets have a lot of players coming back off of injury coming back from more severe injuries than others. Talk about Becton and Lawson, they're at the front of the list. But when you think about McGovern, who's approaching 30, George Fant, who's over 30, LaMarcus Joyner, who's over 30, those are all players that have to be given significant consideration as well. And there's no guarantee that any or all of them are going to get back to where they were pre-injury.
1: Yeah, and even Elijah Moore missed a bunch of games, and he mm-hmm. missed he missed a few at the end of the year, right? Like mm-hmm. he he wasn't there at the Buffalo game. Maybe I don't even know if he was there. What was it? The Tampa game was the second to last game. Like I don't I don't remember him being there. So, you know, I mean, he he missed a few games in, in two kind of separate windows. So he's coming off injuries as well. So it's it's a lot of guys who you hoped to see a lot of last year, and you unfortunately didn't. I mean, luckily you saw enough from Elijah that you feel good about him. Um, you saw enough from Fant that you feel good about. You saw Becton two years ago that you feel good about if he's you know in shape to, to play. So it's not really it's it's question marks about guys health wise, but those guys that have question marks around their health, you don't have question marks around whether whether or not they can play and make an impact. So um, I mean, one of these years we have to get lucky with injuries, right? It seems like everywhere we're, we're just snake bitten and guys just miss so many years. So maybe this is the year it turns around. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something that the Jets coaching and training staff are going to have to monitor, like you mentioned. I don't need to see Carl Lawson in, in training camp at all. I don't need to see Makai Becton much out there. You'd like to see him in shape. But, again, I don't need to see him taking any unnecessary beatings or, you know, any risks in the tra- in training camp and maybe play him a few snaps in the preseason and, and you know, call it, call it a day there. Um, you know, we just get get these guys through. The summer healthy. We don't need to see any long-term injuries in, in, in the summer and in training camp and preseason um, and just save them up for, for when it matters the most.
0: Going to be interesting to see how the coaching staff deals with Carl Lawson and Makai Becton, among others. And that leads, of course, to storyline number four, and that is the continued progress or possibly, hopefully not, lack of progress Of the second year coaching staff Jeff Ulbrich comes back second year As defensive coordinator Mike LaFleur or as people like to call him Towards the end of the season Because he moved from the sideline up to the booth Booth LaFleur He seemed to really be getting into a groove As the season wore on Will that spill over into year number two And Robert Sala Who had his fair share of mistakes And he's admitted this in year number one Now he goes into year number two Trying to find himself as an NFL head coach It's a difficult transition Nick We both know that And so a lot of times when these guys move from being a coordinator to a head coach It could take a year, two years, three years for them to really figure out What they want to be as a leader of the team, as a leader of men And as a leader of their staff So I think that those three guys specifically But all the other guys underneath them too The staff as a whole, all of them How they do this year And it starts of course in training camp in the preseason Is where we'll begin to see this That is going to be a very compelling storyline to watch and as we said with all the rest of these, it's going to spill into the twenty twenty two regular season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Joe Douglas did for the most part; he did his job, right? So now it's down to each specific coach, each coordinator, each assistant, each position coach to get the most out of what Douglas has given them, um, and ultimately as a as an entire unit, everybody comes together. Um, I'm I'm interested to see if the defense does struggle and early on, early on in the year does does sala hesitate to take the reins of the defense from olbrick or or is he you know more along the guy who's just you know i'm going to ride out with my guys pretty much i'm going to go i'm going to go down with my guys i think he'll i think he'll have more of a handle if he sees this defense not kind of playing up to its potential this year again it's still another year about the development you know you have so many young players again you have most likely you're going to be starting Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, um, so many young players throughout the entire team, but you added defensively, you added some veterans. So there's really going to be no rookie excuses now with Jordan Whitehead and DJ Reed, whereas last year you threw out Marcus May and a bunch of first-time players that basically, you know, you're talking about like mid-round picks, not even like top-tier talent. Um, And then it was CJ Mosley and a bunch of random dudes playing linebacker. And the, the front had a bunch of you know more more along the, all, along the way of players who've made impact in the league so you know so far but for the most part the entire back end of the defense was filled with young guys you know who were just completely raw um, so now you add an influx of veteran talent the the excuses are, are aren't there anymore so there there has to be production this year so if Salah sees. For whatever reason, the defense just isn't clicking or whatnot. Does he take more of the play calling away from Ulbrich and, and how does that kind of trickle down? Um, on offense, I think I think LaFleur is a star. I'm a, I'm a huge LaFleur fan. Um, you know, how, how is the quarterback coach, you know, obviously coming over? Um, obviously, last year with the, the tragic news of, of um, you know, the, the quarterback coach at the time and with Greg Knapp. And now, obviously, with Calabrese as the main guy in the building, um, the main voice, obviously, with not having the, um, the college, you know, his BYU college assistant, uh, Zach Wilson, it's really just going to be a LaFleur and Calabrese kind of two-man show for Zach Wilson, so we'll see how that works out. I think less is more in this in this uh, relationship for Zach. Too many people talking in your head is, is just too much, so... I like the thought to kind of do that. And obviously until Flacco too, really a coach on the field. So um, which Zach didn't have at the start of last year. So it, I think it's bu- more buttoned up. I think the offensive staff is in really good hands. Um, um, I have more question marks about the defensive side of things, but I do think they will be improved with the addition of some veteran players. So obviously special teams with, with Bram Boyer is a good unit. It's been a good unit since he's here. Um, we'll see about the kicker, what happens there. Um, I don't love the punter. I think they let, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about a punter, but I think they let the wrong guy go last year when they let Morstead go. Um, but we'll see. This is, I think, Braden Mann's like third year, fourth year. Um, so uh, you can always replace a punter. But regardless, I think the special teams is going to be a strong unit and the coaching staff is strong there. You got Leon Washington, which is cool. Um, so I'm, 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 more of my focus is going to be on how this defensive coaching staff kind of takes a step this year because that's where I'll be watching.
0: And the number one storyline Heading into training camp And which will persist In being the number one storyline Throughout the season For the New York Jets Zach Wilson, the quarterback Will he be as aggressive And successful In attacking opposing defenses As he was in pursuing His mother's friends? Too soon, Nick? Too soon for that joke? (laughs) No, not at all
1: (laughs) It's good It's good kind of uh, Clout for Zach I think it's a good thing
0: I agree And I actually said this On the show I think that this will help build locker room chemistry and it'll help him as a leader because now these guys are going to have a whole new level of respect for him that they didn't before as this baby-faced rookie it sounds stupid but we both know that's the way these locker rooms work and so Zach Wilson coming in here for year number two looking to improve upon year number one now we know that he played better the last couple of games of the season but even then he wasn't great he was improved But everybody who watched the Jets and everybody who watched Zach Wilson's tape from last year knows that he has work to do. And so he's been getting together with teammates We saw that they went down to Idaho They're going to be heading into training camp And trying to build a rapport there as well Some of these players he already worked With last year Elijah Moore Corey Davis some of them are new Like Garrett Wilson obviously He and Braxton Berrios are apparently BFFs now so Their relationship and their chemistry Will continue to grow hopefully But this is a huge year for Zach Wilson If he can take a step forward and I've said This a million times it doesn't have to be Pro Bowl caliber he just has to Be a respectable quarterback and Be the leader they need him to Be for the rest of that young offense If he can do that then the Jets Are going to be very happy about The potential future for this franchise If not, then this has potential to get ugly For everybody involved But quarterback is the number one most important position In football, arguably the number one Most important position in all of sports Zach Wilson, the number two Overall pick last year So much rides on his shoulders This is the number one storyline by far It's not even close The other four are compelling This is the storyline that will determine everything That may make or break the Jets' season And the Jets' future
1: and it seems like we've been saying this for 20 years. So with Sanchez to to Gino, I guess you could say, to Darnold to now Zach in year two. Um, and, I mean, call me crazy or just like a, uh, you know, prisoner of, of the moment, I, I really feel like this storyline is going to, like, propel Zach's confidence. Because so much of it is is confidence, man. He He was, he was just so not confident last year he was the game was too fast for him you know he just got caught up in everything going on I feel like he's got a new level of confidence now with this going on he's probably he's more confident in the team around him you know there's better players out there um, year two in the system again the only team the Jets are the only team to bring back their head coach and offensive coordinator out of anyone in the division um, so you know he's he's got all of the you know there's no excuses so again not asking him to be pat mahomes or josh allen but he just has to be a consistent nfl level quarterback and let the let the progression happen naturally you know develop a relationship with these young receivers because he's got talent out there he's got the tight ends he's got a good running game two of them actually uh two two good tight ends two good running backs three to you know three and a half four receivers so Um, you know there's no excuse there he doesn't have to worry about well are these guys going to catch the ball when I make a throw you know so it's the 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 questions were answered for him so he just has to go out there and be the guy who they drafted him at number two so if this storyline again just is you know another check mark on the positive side for him and and it just kind of you know, he vibes better. Players look at him with a little more confidence and swagger, and it's like, all right, maybe this guy isn't just a, you know, a, a soft vanilla cupcake from BYU a little kid who looks like a camp counselor. He's actually – he's a baller. He's got some balls. He's, he's a dog. So if that is the way he's portrayed and people are looking at him in a different way and he kind of goes with it, then this story might be the best thing to happen to, the, to the Jets in a long time. So um, <clears throat> he's he's got he's to gotta just play the position. And I know it sounds a lot easier said than done, but it's true. He doesn't have to be a superstar. He doesn't have to be the Pat Mahomes arm angle, the, the Aaron Rodgers type off platform play. Just play the position, take what's given to you, and then naturally his athleticism is gonna is gonna be the differentiator because he does have the talent there. He does have those that extra skill set that not every quarterback that comes into the league has. So. If if the small things are checked off and he's a confident passer, you know he's he's prepared. Then you're going to see a better player. If not, you're going to see a guy who's still questioning himself, questioning what he sees. The game is fast. He's throwing off, you know, his bat, you know throwing off his the wrong foot and just making the wrong reads. Then he's going to struggle again. But I think if he comes in more confident and sure of himself, he's gonna he's gonna make some some leaps this year for sure.
0: Nick Spano, co-founder of U Stadium, thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the top five storylines for the Jets, heading into training camp, and then, of course, inevitably spilling into the regular season with me. Really appreciate it. For those that haven't downloaded the U Stadium app yet, I can't imagine why that would be. Go ahead and download that app and take part in the takes function, right, Nick? Because not only is it a lot of fun, but you could win actual money.
1: Yeah, and the takes are really starting to – uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of football takes go up some future stuff, you know, some MVP, like I, I saw Zach Wilson is going to get an MVP vote take out there. And a bunch of people got in that. A lot of people were, were hating on him and that's fine. You know, it's our job to kind of go in there and, and, you know, even that out a bit, but yeah. So, you know, the takes feature, it's awesome. You can, um, you know, you can, can basically just win money on your predictions. You can monetize your sports prediction. So if you think Zach Wilson's going to have a good year and throw for 30-plus touchdowns, go on the U-Stadium app. First, shoot us a DM on on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at U-Stadium. We'll get you some points for first-time users to get in there make a take. Uh, Throw some points on a a Zach Wilson take. Create your own. Create whatever you want. Elijah Moore, 1,000 yards, whatever it may be. be. As long as there's an outcome. Um, you know, not a not an opinion, but more of a prediction. An opinion that Zach Wilson is going to be a sleeper—that's not a true take. But Zach Wilson will, will throw for three thousand, you know, thirty-five hundred yards. That's a take. There's an actual outcome. So um, you post it out there. Users on the app either disagree or agree. And then when that outcome um, is finalized, points are rewarded to the winning side, and you can cash out. So um, it's a really cool feature. It's picking up a lot of steam. Uh, starting to see a lot of football takes out there. So. Get in there, shoot us a DM, we'll get you started, you know, with some free points to start and uh,
0: you know, hopefully you can win some money. Anytime you have a chance to win some money and not risk any of your own, it's always a good <laughs> thing to do. Can never go wrong. So make sure that you download the U Stadium app if you haven't already and start taking part in the takes function, as Nick said. Hit them up on U Stadium with a DM, and they'll get you started, get you all set up. Also, make sure that you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under Luke Grant has got some fantastic all 22 breakdowns, including a lot of the players we discussed on the show today. Watch the videos, subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store That's teepublic.com. That's t e e public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Zach Says Go long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com That's TeePublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLegajet.com.